0: Welcome back to have you seen it? I'm Maggie and in this episode I have three shows to tell you about. Are you ready? Let's go okay, so before you start freaking out, I'm not gonna go in full depth with these three shows, but since this is the tenth episode and this is the first real achievement, even though I guess Uploading the first episode would be the first achievement, but reaching 10 episodes is special to me, anyways. And I want to thank all of you so much for the support and for listening to the other nine episodes and the update episode that I put out, because you did listen to all of them, right? But like I was saying, this is the first real landmark, so I wanted to do something special and go over some shows that I don't think I'd be able to do a full episode about, because either there were only six total episodes or the way that they're set up doesn't allow me to go over them for around 30 minutes or so without giving away too much. I am going to do them in order of how much I like them. So the first one I'll talk about is the British comedy Man Like Mobeen, followed by the Polish crime drama The Crime, and lastly the German dramedy How to Sell Drugs Online Fast. I'm going to hit all of the same things that I usually do, I just won't go as in-depth as I have been. So let's see how this goes. But before we get started, I'm only going to say this once. The links to all the websites where I got the information for the show, the fun facts, and any other information that I did not use my memory for are going to be linked in the description of this episode as well as in the caption for the post that I made for the show on Instagram. Now that that's out of the way. As I said, the first one is the British comedy Man Like Mo Bean. It is rated TVMA and it was created by Guz Khan and Andy Milligan and it is a Cave Bear and Tiger Aspects Productions production. It was distributed by BBC3 on iPlayer, and the first two seasons are available on Netflix. There are three total seasons, with the third one just being released in January of this year. The first two seasons have four episodes, and season three has five episodes. Each episode is only about 20 minutes long, so like I said, I can't really do a full episode about this show but I loved it so much that I couldn't just pass over it because I really do think you guys will enjoy it. The show takes place in Small Heath, Birmingham, West Midlands, England. If Small Heath sounds familiar to some of you, it's because it's where the main HQ for the show Peaky Blinders is located. They speak both English and Urdu in the show. There are no audio alternatives, and there are only English subtitles available. I will say they speak with a brummy accent, so I would definitely suggest using the subtitles anyways because the accent can be quite hard to understand if you aren't used to it. I watch mostly British shows and even I had a hard time understanding the accent at times, so I would definitely suggest putting those subtitles on. Some disclaimers for this show are they reference drugs, though there's no usage in the first two seasons. They also swear quite a bit, and there are derogatory terms used as well. There are only four characters that I'm going to go over, and they are the four main people in the show. I'm just going to list them off real quick. The first being the title character, Mobin Dean. He's played by creator Goz Khan. Next is Eight, who's played by Tex Ilias. I don't think Eight is his real name, but that's what they call him, so we're going to go with it. Then we have Nate Obidi. He's played by Tolu Ogunmifun. Lastly, we have Aksa Dean, who is played by Dua Karim. So the Netflix description is Mobine is trying to be a good friend, follow the faith, and raise his teenage sister. Yet his past and everyday life complicates matters. It's a pretty good description considering there are only four episodes per season and like I said they're only twenty minutes. They can't really put anything else, especially because each episode's dealing with something different. But Mobeen and his friends eight and Nate get in some pretty weird situations, like that's where most of the comedy comes from. And while a lot of the episodes are super funny, they also talk about a lot of serious topics. And some of them are bullying, racial profiling, and Islamophobia. In one episode, we see Mobeen take on a racist public speaker who's holding a rally in Small Heath. And I wasn't sure how they were going to make it funny, but it was probably my favorite episode because of the way Mobeen handles the situation. And I just enjoy seeing someone that pushes racist agendas based on lies be proven wrong with actual facts. And Mobin does it beautifully, in my opinion. It it was genuinely probably my favorite episode. And as the description says, Mobin's taking care of his younger sister, which brings another set of obstacles for him to deal with. And the reason he's taking care of Aksa is because his mom and stepdad moved back to Pakistan because Mobin and his stepdad got into a fight. They don't say what they fought about, but they do mention that's why Mobin is her guardian. And he's trying his best to be the best guardian for her. And there are times where he doubts if he's doing a good job. He wants what's best for his sister. And he's trying his hardest to be not just a great big brother, but also a dad and a mom for her all at once. And this desire to be the best for her brings a lot of sweet moments between the two of them, but it also brings a lot of funny moments. But part of those doubts that he deals with is because of his past as a drug dealer. He tries his hardest to keep AXA from knowing about it, even though I'm pretty sure she does. But their relationship is one of my favorite things about this show. Actually, the relationship between all four of them is my favorite thing about the show, because the way that Nate and Eight love AXA, like she was their sister, is really, really sweet. And the four of them have their own little weird family, and they're all very protective of each other, and it's just... Some of the best moments are when all four of them are involved in the scene. Another thing that I really like are the real moments that the show has. Like I said, it's a super funny show, but they do touch on very real topics that are prevalent today. There's one moment between Mobeen and AXA's friend, Ridwan, who's played by Anthony Ahe, that takes place in the second season that was really touching. But it's a perfect mixture of funny and realness for me, for it only being 8 episodes, 20 minutes each. I think they go through a lot of things and it's they just handle it so so well. The only thing that I didn't like was that the subtitles are closed captions, so they're not always accurate because of the accents, so you will notice sometimes like the words that pop up don't make any sense. And it's because it's closed caption, it's not somebody that's sitting there watching putting in the subtitles themselves. And also not all of the Urdu is translated, which also annoyed me. And sometimes it says that it's Hindi. Not Urdu, but I don't, obviously I don't speak either of those languages, so I can't tell the difference. But most of it, they say it's Urdu, so that was annoying and confusing. I think they should have had someone sit and watch the show to make sure that it was as accurate as possible, but those are really the only two things that annoyed me, and neither of them have to do with the actual show, but once again, more with Netflix. They make quite a few references to some things that you might know, like the movies Three Men and a Baby, and the Goonies, and they mentioned Bear Grylls in one of the episodes, so those things stuck out to me. A cultural difference that stood out was the episode where they talk about arranged marriage, which is something that most of us here in the U.S. don't fully understand, and we see it as such an old-school thing, but it still does happen today, and there are a lot of people that choose to be in an arranged marriage, which is another thing that a lot of us don't understand, because we are mostly shown shows or movies where people don't want to be in an arranged marriage and they're being forced by their parents, which is illegal in a lot of countries, though it still does happen. But arranged marriage is still a part of several cultures around the world. I worked with two brothers in college who were from India, and the older one wanted to be in an arranged marriage and the younger one didn't. So the parents set up the marriage for the older one. They did consult him, which is a consensual arranged marriage, meaning that if one does not want to get married to the other, they don't have to. There's no shame that comes with it, there's no guilt that comes with it, they just look for somebody else, which is what the type of arranged marriage that's talked about in this show is, because the woman that Mobin may potentially marry is part of the process. When you watch the episode, you'll see what I mean by that. But the younger brother that I worked with has chosen to not be in an arranged marriage, and his parents are perfectly okay with that. And as he said when we were talking about it, they just want him to be happy, so... They're not going to force him to do something that he doesn't want to do. But in the show, Mobeen is trying to decide if an arranged marriage is something he really wants to do or not. Another cultural difference that stood out to me was when Mobine meets Eight outside the mosque to meet up to hang out. And they hug. And Eight goes for a fourth hug. So, so it's like hug, switch side, hug, switch side, hug. And then Eight goes to switch side again and hug again. And Mobine is like, that's one too many it's only three, I think. Actually, I don't know. I don't even know where that's from. And it made me laugh because they're both just like, I don't know why we do that. Which really, when you think about most customs like that, like why do the French kiss on the cheek three times in some parts and four in others? You know, Britain, I think it's one kiss on the cheek. Like, how did that start? Like, how do people start doing that? And why do Americans not do it? I know that it happens here, but usually just between family members and really close friends. But most of us, like to stick to handshakes and sometimes barely even those, but you don't go into a business meeting and kiss each other on the cheeks, you know? Like, we just don't do that. So, like, it's like, why why does this happen? Like, where did this come from? But, but I thought it was a funny scene because it was, like, almost like a throwaway moment. It happened so quick that I think some people might miss it, but I just thought it was funny. But next, we have some words and phrases from the show. I have some British slang as well as some words in Urdu for you. First, the British slang, and I know some of you might know these, but for those that don't, this could be helpful for you. I only have three. I probably could have done more, but I already knew these beforehand, but I wanted to mention them in case you guys didn't. The first is one I'm sure most of you will know, and that word is mate, M-A-T-E, which is slang for friend or buddy. The next one is the word it, spelt I-N-N-I-T, and it's slang for the phrase isn't it. I always thought it was just the accent, and it might have started as that, but it's now a word of its own. And it's usually used to agree with something that someone else just said. So if somebody else says, oh, it's cold outside, you would respond with in it. It probably would sound better if I did it in a British accent, but I'm not going to do that. And the last slang word is the word proper. So it's used to mean very. So an example on how it's used is, He was proper mad or I proper banged my head, which is how I think they use it in the show, if I remember correctly. Now for the Urdu words, I was able to pick up three words in one phrase. I will post how to spell these on Instagram like I've been doing for languages that do not use Latin letters. But the first word is dada, and it means grandpa or grandfather. Next is dadi, and it means grandma or grandmother, so dada and dadi. The next word is the word for children, and it's bache. And the only phrase that I was able to remember was chupkar. And if you put it into Google Translate, it says it means keep quiet. But Ace's Uncle says it more like he's saying shut up, so that's how I would use it. But like I said, that was the only phrase I was able to grab, so dada, dadi, bache, chupkar. Now, I did recognize Guz Khan, who plays Mobin, from a couple other shows. One being another Netflix show, Turn Up Charlie, that has Idris Elba in it, which is a really good show too, by the way. But he was also on an episode of the British panel show, Would I Lie To You, which is one of my favorites, where two teams of three comedians have to tell if someone from the other team is telling a lie or telling the truth. And some of the stories are absolutely crazy that don't seem real, but are. But after seeing him on What I Lie To You, when I saw that he was in this show, I had to give it a go because he made me laugh on that show probably more than like most people do. But that's all I have for this show. You can see why I can't do a full episode about it. It was like less than 15 minutes, I think. If I did, it would be about everything that happened. Like I mentioned at the beginning, there's a third season that was just released in January, but it's not available on Netflix yet. And there hasn't been any news yet about a fourth season. But as soon as there is any news on either of those two things, I will let you guys know. Now for the Polish crime drama, The Crime... The Polish name for the show is Zbrodnia, which just means the crime. It was created by Greg Glinski. It is an AXN Central Europe slash Opus TV production. It has two seasons available on Netflix. There are only three episodes per season, with each being about 45 minutes long. And it takes place primarily in Hell, Poland, H-E-L. Though we do see them in Gdynia and Jastarnia, Poland as well. They speak Polish in the show. Obviously, there are no audio alternatives, but there are quite a bit of subtitle options available. English, French, and German subtitles are available in both seasons, but European, Spanish, and Vietnamese are only available in season one, and Spanish, which I'm assuming is Latin American Spanish, and simplified Chinese are only available in the second season. The show is rated TV 14, and the disclaimers for the show are there is some swearing, there's also some domestic violence, as well as other violence. And the dead bodies look pretty realistic, so just be aware of that as well. As far as the cast goes for the show, even though there are only six total episodes, there are a lot of characters that I could name, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick to the six characters that are in both seasons. There are technically more than just those six in both seasons, but these ones play bigger roles than some of the others. I might mention them when I go over the plot in a little bit, but... The first one is the male lead, and his name is Tomasz Nowinski. He is the lead police officer that works the murders in both seasons. He has the rank of commissioner, or komisarz in Polish, which is spelled K-O-M-I-S-A-R-Z, which is the second of three junior supervisory officer ranks in the Polish force. Now, really quickly, the police Polish force is a national agency. Local towns do have their own city guards, but they focus mostly on road safety and public order they only have jurisdiction over misdemeanors, which is why Tomas, who goes by the nickname Tomek, by the way, has to go to hell to work the case, and the police that are there don't work it themselves. But Tomek is played by Wojciech Żinlinski. The other member of the Polish police that works the case with Tomek is Monika Krajewska, and she is played by Joanna Kuling, and she is a constable, or Posterunkova, which is spelled P-O-S-T-E-R-U-N k-o-w-a which is the lowest rank in the polish police and it falls in the junior officer section of the rank structure but they do say that she's a brand new officer and this is the first real case that she gets to work on and tomek is not really happy that he has to work with her at first but honestly she does a really good job considering that there are times where she's thrown into doing things for the first time all by herself in like a high intensity situation But their boss is Maria Volska, and her rank is chief, which is Natkomisarz, which is N-A-D-K-O-M-I-S-A-R-Z, and she is played by Dorota Kolak. The last police person I will mention is the local guard, Zygmunt Ruczynski. Like I just mentioned, most towns have their own local guards, and Ruczynski is one in hell. I believe he's the head of the guards there, I'm not 100% sure about that. But he helps Tomek and Monika in both seasons. And he's played by Cesari Rabinsky. Now the two non-police officers that I want to mention are Agnieszka Lubchinska, who is played by Magdalena Bocharska. She finds the body of the dead man in the first season and helps Tomek with the case as much as she can. And lastly, we have Agnieszka's husband, Cesari Lubchinska. He knows the victim in the second season and he's played by Radoslav Pazora. Now, the Netflix description is the peaceful lives of the residents inhabiting a breathtaking seaside town are shaken following a series of macabre crimes. It's an okay description. I mean, they can't really say much more with only six episodes. There's literally three episodes per season. The reason I gave this show a chance was because I asked my friend to give me a random country and she said Poland and this was the only show I could find at the time. But the show opens up with someone pushing someone overboard and then throwing a net on them before pushing them down with a paddle and driving off. And then we see Agnieszka at the beach with her two kids, Yashik, who's played by Radoslav Kuling, and Rosa, who's played by Amelia Zavatska. But the kids are playing on the beach, and Agnieszka goes into the ocean to swim, and she's floating on her back when she bumps into the body and kind of gets tangled in the netting. And when she realizes she just bumped into a dead body, she freaks out and makes her way to the beach. And when she gets there, she calls for her kids and runs up to the beach. When we meet Tomek, he's walking around the city. He's looking in real rough shape. He looks like he might be hungover, but he's waiting for the cross light to turn, and he looks like he's about to fall asleep, honestly. Like, he's just looks horrible. But we don't know he's a police officer until he gets into it with a driver who almost hits a woman who's crossing the street with her baby in a stroller while the crossing light is on. But while he's dealing with that guy, he gets a call. And then we see him at the police station and he meets with the chief in her office. And she tells him that he looks terrible, which he does. And he says she doesn't pay him to look good. And she goes, No, I don't, but taxpayers do. And then she tells him that he needs to go to hell because there was a body found. And then he goes. To hell and he meets Ruchinsky at the beach and Tomek and some of Ruchinsky's guys go out to bring the body in because it was going to take too long for the fire rescue to come and retrieve the body and he was worried about evidence but once they get the body out of the water Tomek goes over and talks to Agnieszka and we find out that they went to high school together. Tomek was a grade above her and at first she doesn't remember him and part of me doesn't think she remembers him from high school at all but he knew her name before she told him it which creeped her out a little bit I don't blame her, but I think she gets over it when he tells her that they went to school together and she just kind of believes him because I don't think she actually remembers him. Now, because there are only three episodes in the whole season, I'm gonna leave it at that. It's not a lot, I know, but I can't really go more because it will give away. The rest of the first season is Tomek and Monica trying to figure out, one, who the dead guy is, and two, who killed him, and... Agnieszka has to deal with a lot. This woman has probably the worst three days I have ever seen one person have in a show. It starts with her getting tangled up with a body while swimming, and it just gets worse. Like, that might be one of the better moments of her three days. I remember telling my mom about what she goes through, and it's like, this woman can't catch a damn break. All she wants is to enjoy her time at their vacation house with her family, and literally the exact opposite happens. But like I said, the first season is them dealing with that murder. The second season, again, is only three episodes, and it's dealing with another murder in the same place. I'm not going to go into that one at all. you have to watch the show if you want to know what happens. Now, for the things I like and didn't like, there's a scene when the camera changes focus from her kids to the sea to symbolize Agnieszka changing what she's looking at without showing that it was her POV right away. And I really liked that. Like, I thought that was really cool. There's also some scenes where the camera stays focused on the head so it bounces around to keep the head in the center of the shot. And it made me nauseous, so I did not like that. I also found that because I didn't know the nicknames for certain Polish names, it got confusing when they weren't talking directly to the person. It felt like I was watching Game of Thrones and they just called everybody Lord and Lady. So like I mentioned, the name Tomek is a nickname for Tomas. So Tomas is the Polish version of the name Thomas. So Tomek is the Polish version of like Tommy or Tom. There's also a character in the first season that they call like two different names. I still right now do not know which name is the right one because the one online is not the one that they call him the most. So when you watch the show, you can be just as confused as I am about that because I could not figure that out. And nothing online told me that one was a nickname for the other. So good luck. Um, Now, the only thing that stood out to me was that they wore their wedding rings on their right hands. I'm noticing this more and more. I'm going to mention it every time because we wear our wedding rings on our left hands, but that's the only cultural difference that stood out to me. I do have a couple of words for you that I learned while watching the show. The ones that I mentioned when we're going over the cast are ones that I learned while looking up the cast, so that's why I didn't put them in the section, so I don't really count them. Because right now, as I'm recording this, I don't remember what they are. The first one is Polizia, which is spelt P-O-L-I-C-J-A, and it means police. The next one is march, spelt M-A-R-S-Z, and it means march. Next, we have Cześć, spelt C-Z-E-S-C, and the S and second C both have accents over them, and it means high. The words for no and yes are Nye. So, kind of like the way you say no in Russian, so nyet without the et on it. So, nye. And it's spelled N-I-E and tak, spelt T-A-K. If you remember, tak is also the word for thanks in Danish. Which I always think is interesting when the same word means two different things in two different languages. I don't know if you do, but I definitely did, so that word definitely stood out when I heard it. The next word is dishvi which is spelt D-R-Z-W-I, and it means door. The chief says it to Tomek almost every time he leaves her office. That's why it stood out to me. The last one I have is Dupek, which is spelled D-U-P-E-K, and it means asshole. And trust me, the person that gets called this is 100% an asshole. Now, I didn't recognize any of the people in this show, though there is a guy in the second season that kind of looks like Jeremy Piven. So that threw me off for a minute. Because I was like, I didn't know Jeremy Piven spoke Polish. He doesn't. Or it's not the guy. So I don't know if he speaks Polish or not. But it really threw me off. But overall, I really liked this show. Like I said, I picked it because my friend gave me a random country. And it was the only show that I could find. But I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. I wish it was more than just three episodes a season. It felt more like they were movies almost. But I also don't know how they could add anything to the show because it felt complete. Like when the season ended, it felt complete. I don't think there will be another season. The second season came out in 2015 and the way it ended, like I said, it felt like an ending. It felt complete. If you're stuck at home looking for something to watch on a rainy day, but don't feel like starting a new show that has a ton of episodes yet, this show would be perfect. Like I said, it's six hours so if you feel like binging something for six hours and you don't want to get emotionally invested in a long-term show this is perfect for you and last but not least the german dramedy how to sell drugs online fast it is a built Ton fabric production it was created by philip Kesborer and matthias mormen and it's based on a true story that happened back in 2015 the show is rated tvma and as far as disclaimers for the show goes, there's some swearing and it's a show about drugs. So there's talking about drugs and some drug usage. There are really two main characters in the show. They are Moritz Zimmerman, who is played by Maximilian Munt. And he is the main, main character. He's the, show, the character that the show is all based around. And the other is his best friend, Lenny Sander, who's played by Danilo Camperides. And they decide to sell ecstasy together. Well, it's really Moritz's idea, because he wants to win back his ex-girlfriend, Lisa Novak, who's played by Anna Lina Klenka. And I'm going to go over the plot a little now, and I'll mention some of the other characters while doing it. But the Netflix description is, To win back his ex-girlfriend, a nerdy teen starts selling Ecstasy Online out of his bedroom and becomes one of Europe's biggest dealers. The reason I gave it a chance wasn't really because of the description. It was because it kept popping up on the trending now section on Netflix and it has a trailer that starts automatically. And I was looking for a non-cop show at the time because Netflix has a ton of those. And this was one of the only ones that I could find at the time. But the show starts with Lisa coming back from studying abroad here in the US. I think it's in Florida. And Moritz is super excited for her to come back. And he made her a book with a bunch of photos of them in it and he FaceTimes her. And she breaks up with him while she's at the airport, and he can't understand why she would do this. And when they get back to school, he keeps trying to talk to her, even though she asked him to give her some space. Now, I know that makes her seem really harsh in a way, and it kind of is. But when you realize what she's going through, you kind of understand why she's acting like this. But she quickly starts talking to Daniel, who's played by Damien Hardong. And obviously Moritz doesn't like this. One, because she just broke up with him, and two, because Daniel is the main supplier of ecstasy for the students at the high school. But once Moritz finds out that Lisa takes ecstasy as well, which is why she's talking to Daniel in the first place, he decides he's going to take over as the role as the supplier of drugs. He has to figure out where he's going to get the drugs from, which at first he figures that out really quickly, but eventually that stops working and almost blows up in his face. He also has to find a way to sell the drugs, which is how he gets Lenny involved. And they concoct this crazy idea that, like the description says, makes them some of the biggest drug dealers in Europe. But the season is is them trying to balance it all and figure it out. And Moritz is just trying to get Lisa back. And Lisa's dealing with a lot of stuff on her own. Now, there are only six episodes, so I'm not going to say too much more. You'll have to watch the show to see all of the trouble that Moritz and Lenny get into. And if he's able to win back Lisa or not, it does get kind of crazy at times. And by that, I mean, like, it gets kind of fucked up at times. But I can see how teens would like this show. I'm not really sure adults will find this one interesting, to be honest. It didn't really do much for me. I watched it because it was six episodes and they weren't long. But I don't think I would watch a second season, if I'm being honest. Like I said, I think this is geared toward teens. So they probably would like it me not so much I did like that they showed the dangers of doing ecstasy in my opinion it's not glamorizing it at all so if you want to have a way to show your kids what could happen then maybe you can show them this one there's also a part where they talk about the dark web and they give the option to skip it If you already know what it is which I thought was cool so you can like just skip that whole section but like I said the show didn't do much for me but I, I promise to be honest with the shows that I've watched, and just because I wasn't a fan of this one doesn't mean you won't like it. And like I said, I think teens might enjoy it, so I, I guess pass it along if you see a teen looking for a new show. I do have two words that I learned while watching this show, and they are Shiza, spelled S-C-H-E-I-S-S-E, which means shit, and Ashlok, which is spelled A-R-S-C-H-L-O-C-H, which means Asshole. So, pretty simple. Shiza and Ashlock. Shit and asshole. Uh, and now you know asshole in two new languages. German, Ashlock, and Polish, Tupek. Yeah, there you go. Easy. As far as familiar faces, I also didn't recognize any of the actors in this show either. So, if you recognize anyone from this show, or from The Crime, or even from Man Like Mobin, even though I did recognize... Gus Khan and that then definitely let me know. I know this was really quickly for this show, but if I gave you more, I feel I would be giving you too much, which is why I wasn't able to do a longer episode all by itself. I think that part is like what 6-7 minutes for that one episode, but I did want to talk about it in case it interests any of you guys. There's going to be a second season according to what I found online for how to sell drugs online fast. There is no release date announced yet, but as soon as there is, I will let you know on Instagram in case you are interested in this show. I do have about four or five other shows that I've watched that won't make full episodes. So if you guys liked this episode, let me know and I will do another one like this down the road at some point. I hope at least one of these shows interests you. Man Like Mobeen, really is one of my favorite shows that I've watched for this podcast. So if you're looking for a laugh, definitely check that one out. And like I said, if you're looking for something to binge on a rainy day, then the crime is a good choice as well. If you guys have any suggestions for any shows that you would like me to watch, then let me know on Twitter. Go check out the Facebook page that I have for this podcast at facebook.com slash official H-Y-S-I. And as always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at official H-Y-S-I as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Like I said, it's episode number 10. Thank you so much for those that have listened to All Ten. If you haven't listened to All Ten, go back and listen to them. You might find a show that piques your interest and makes you want to give it a try and you end up liking it. But for now, that's all I have for you. Next episode, I will be talking about the Italian crime drama, *Gomorra*. Have you seen it? Because I have.